for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching or listening at another time, we're still glad that you're here. And uh, it is interesting uh, each week when I look at the statistics and we're breaking new records every week now. It seems like every week there's more people consuming the show than the week before. Uh, It is interesting, though, to watch. Uh, Sometimes it'll be a huge live uh, audience. Other times it'll be less people watching live and then a ton of people catching it on the replay. We do rebroadcast the video multiple times. Uh, There's many, many different ways you can get the audio. And all of that is available to you over at JimParisRadio.com. JimParisRadio.com. Uh, of course, we're going to start out here with our new segment and uh, excited to have him with us for the first time. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency expert Edmund McCormick is here at 930 p.m. Uh, he's got a great site. It looks terrific. It's called dechained.com and it's uh, it's sort of a, an educational portal all about Bitcoin. We're going to talk to him about his thoughts about what's happening in the world of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And I've got some thoughts on that tonight as well uh, in the uh, new segment. Okay, so I did not do the Wednesday audio only version of the show, which I told you last week that I was going to do that. And I planned on doing that until I got terribly sick. Uh, So what happened this last week? So I went into the show last Sunday night feeling a little bit congested, was taking some decongestants uh, that day, but otherwise, you know, maybe a little bit of a summer cold type of a feeling. And remember, I told you I was doing the potato fast, which by the way, I did that for four days and I lost 10 pounds eating only potatoes. I know it sounds crazy. And I don't think that's why I got so terribly sick. Some of you might email me and say, yeah, you got sick because you only ate potatoes for four days. I'm not really sure it was connected because um, I was feeling this congestion coming on uh, even right at the beginning of of starting that potato fast. Uh, But in any case, uh, I was really sick. I mean, I got terribly sick to where I ended up uh, being sent for a COVID test, which came back negative. And, uh, you know, when I got back from the COVID test and it was negative, my first thought was, you know, obviously relief that I don't have COVID. I'm vaccinated. That doesn't mean you can't get COVID, but it was relief not to have COVID. But then I sort of started searching for what else could it be? You know, because I think we've kind of gotten into this mode where everything is COVID. So if you don't have COVID and you're sick, Is there still, do we still have the flu? Do we still have like horrible summer colds? And I'm not really sure if it was anything more than just a horrible summer cold. Other than I will tell you that even still today, I'm having 
uh, these kind of sweating attacks where like all of a sudden I just start sweating and like all my clothes get soaked with sweat. So that's something, right? I mean, that's not just the same as a summer cold, but uh, I have seen a doctor and uh, they've got me on some prescriptions and some over-the-counter stuff and uh, I seem to be feeling better each day and uh, maybe I'll be back to normal enough that this Wednesday will be that first uh, podcast that I do on a Wednesday, which is going to be an audio only. And I talked about this last week. And we also said we're going to be answering questions in that podcast version. And uh, you can leave your questions and have a chance to win a box of books. We're taking all the books laying around the studio here. We get tons of books every uh, single week. I just uh, stopped by the UPS store today picked up another book that was sent to us. So just tons of books coming in. We're going to give them to you and we're going to pick uh, random winners by, uh, you know, sort of a, a drawing that'll happen every couple of weeks based on those people that call in with questions. So where do you call in with your question? Your pre-recorded question can be uh, asked at jimparrisradio.com. And then if we use your question on the show, on the Wednesday show, then you'll be entered into the, you know, a drawing to win a box of books. And sometimes we get DVDs and all kinds of cool stuff. So a lot of nice uh, stuff to give away. And if you want to get in on that, ask your question. Ask me anything uh, for the Wednesday version of the show, which will start possibly this Wednesday. God willing, if I'm feeling better, jimparrisradio.com. Well, just to mention to you, I know a lot of you are, kind of gearing up for the school year starting vacations are over starting to get kind of back into the normal swing of things notwithstanding the uh, delta variant and all of that uh, but my wife and i had a chance uh last night to watch a really interesting movie uh and you can find this movie on amazon uh it's not a free one you got to pay a couple bucks to rent it but uh just type in the wrecking crew and if you're somebody that uh, grew up in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, so I was born in 65, so I always say I kind of grew up in the 70s, a little bit of the 80s. Uh, if, if you're like me, uh, even if you were born maybe five or 10 years earlier than me, you're going to love this Wrecking Crew movie, which is fascinating. It's about Glenn Campbell and a bunch of other studio musicians and how they were basically the ones that recorded all that music that we love from especially the 1970s and the late 1960s. And sort of the dirty little secret was that most of those touring bands were not good enough to record their own music. They didn't have the consistency as musicians to be able to go into a studio and create their own albums. So most of the albums were these fill-in musicians and it's a fascinating look at uh, the lives of these people who got really no credit. My, my wife put it well. She said, um, you know, they got no credit, but they made a lot of money, these studio guys, including Glenn Campbell, which is how he got his start. But it's a really fascinating look at uh, that, you know, day and age when uh, all of those hit records, you know, the Beach Boys, all these big names. And to think that. That those weren't the real people playing on the albums. It was this group of studio musicians, and uh, sort of the reason why in the backstory and a lot of great history, especially about the music. Uh, it was fascinating, and it's called the Wrecking Crew. You can find that on Amazon if you're a music fan 
uh, you'll love that. Okay, if you're watching the news, what is going on right now is sort of a dumpster fire that is happening in the Middle East. And uh, Biden appears to be presiding over a complete disaster in the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Now, in, in all fairness, Trump wanted to get out of Afghanistan and Biden wanted to get out of Afghanistan. So policy-wise, I, if I understand it right, it seems like they both had a similar policy. But in terms of how we would withdraw, that's where things uh, seem to be vastly different. Uh, Biden's withdrawal plans uh, seem to be much more expedited and much less organized uh, than what Trump was proposing. And the idea was that the Afghan troops would be able to defend themselves against the Taliban. But it looks like, I mean, the president of Afghanistan has fled the country. There are countless Americans stranded there. And many are comparing this to the end of the Vietnam War, where helicopters were were coming in and literally picking up Americans off rooftops uh, to evacuate them out of uh, Vietnam. And it looks like uh, we may have a similar situation, Americans being stranded there. Uh, it looks like an unconditional surrender is taking place uh, to the Taliban. And for those that don't remember the history, why we went into Afghanistan uh, to begin with, and of course the Russians were in Afghanistan for many, many years. Uh, they pulled out. Uh, history records that they really failed there. And, and I think, uh, you know, we may have largely failed there. But the reason why we were there is, you know, that is really the, the home turf of, of terrorism, in particular Osama bin Laden. And so we had good reason to go in there, maybe not in this large presence uh, in this format. Maybe the better approach would have been more targeted to go after, you know, the known sites. But, you know, uh, all the way back to, uh, you know, uh, George Bush, uh, the son, uh, the idea was we needed to go in there to root out the terrorism that was there. Whatever you think one way or the other, it's been like, what, 20 years and we needed to get out. Uh, but it appears that uh, Biden is now having to reverse course and send back in thousands of troops. And he's getting criticized from both the right and the left, uh, apparently well on vacation um, this, uh, you know, weekend, um, it's, it doesn't, the optics are not good, uh, for him, uh, enjoying some vacation time, uh, with his family. Well, this is all going on. Uh, it just doesn't look good. I'll be honest with you. I would trust Obama far more his judgment, uh, with the military than I would, uh, Biden. Uh, Biden is just, I don't know. He's, you would think with all of his years in government, he'd be the more stable hand, but but it doesn't appear to be the case. And, and according to uh, everything I've read, he was sort of the sole voice that did not want Obama uh, to go through with that uh, Navy SEAL raid where um, Osama bin Laden uh, was was killed. But Obama, you know, uh, give him credit for that, uh, uh, you know, going forward with that Navy SEAL um, uh, tactical um you know, mission where they did kill Osama bin Laden and uh, Obama, probably a better, uh, you know, commander in chief than Biden. Uh, so that's going to be in the news for probably the next few days. And what will be horrible is 
Obviously, the Taliban is taking control. Again, that's horrible enough. But if any Mer Americans are caught up in this, if we end up uh, seeing any of our troops killed as a result of this or any Americans stranded over there or taken hostage. Now, this has uh, gotten a lot of controversy uh, this week. Uh, Storm, you know, got a lot of people commenting on this, uh, really, um, you know, brought Beth Moore back into uh kind of the spotlight and beth moore if you remember she was one that one of the christians the christian leaders that was against trump uh you know she's not going to vote for trump and and a lot of people were upset with her about that uh this time around but uh, she's come out now with some comments about people who are not vaccinated now you know i'm vaccinated but i respect those of you who choose not to be vaccinated i've got members of my own family were not vaccinated. So this was the quote from Beth Moore, quote, for the love of God, uh, if you're not vaccinated for the love of God, put on a mask. So a lot of people are upset about that. A lot of people commenting on that uh, on my Facebook page. Not really sure what's going on with Beth Moore. I think she might have sort of bought into this idea that uh, all press is good. <laughs> as long as they spell your name right, it uh, doesn't matter if people are you know, critical of you or not, keeping your name out there in the news. Uh, but a lot of Christians upset about her uh, weighing in on this, uh, telling people uh, to mask up uh, if they're not going to get vaccinated. And speaking of masks, this story in from Philadelphia Philadelphia, <laughs> I'm not kidding, this is nuts, but it's it's true. Philadelphia will be requiring city workers to wear two face masks unless they are fully vaccinated. Uh, that to me seems almost like a punishment, right? I'm not really sure. Okay, one mask is good, so two masks are better. Uh, and there's just not a lot of good science supporting that these masks are really doing much, if anything, especially if they're not the N95 medical grade masks. Uh, but this in from Philadelphia, that if you are a city worker and you are not vaccinated, you will be required to wear two masks. Why not three? Why not five? If, if, if two are good, you know, two are better than one. Why not 10 masks? Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, there's a battle going on. You may have seen the story between Biden and DeSantis over the masks. So what's going on here in Florida is that our governor has ordered the masks to be optional in the schools. So he's basically saying if you are a teacher or staff member or if your child is in school, everybody gets to decide whether they want to do the masks or not. That is an executive order from the governor of Florida. And he's basically threatened if any school district goes against this and says that they're going to implement mandatory masks, that he's going to withdraw funding. Uh, something about taking away the, the payroll of the administrators uh, in that area. You know, I'm not really sure to what extent uh, the government, can, you know, the, uh, the state governor, the state government can take away money, how much they can, but that's the threat. If you don't allow this, voluntary mask policy, we're going to take away some money. So the Biden administration has stepped in and said, uh, if you require masking in Florida in a school and you lose money, that the Biden administration will give you the difference. They will, they will to give you 
what DeSantis has taken away. So this is interesting to see uh, this battle going on. Uh, again, you know, when we look at the, the science around masks, especially for children, uh, really weak data uh, to suggest that there's any uh, good reason for that. But uh, this appears to be, you know, splitting again along party lines, red states versus blue states, as far as whether we go back to the masks or not. Uh, you know, it just seems like a personal, you know, choice of freedom. I mean, I've always thought, look, if your mask is working, why do you care if I have a mask on or not? Uh, you know, I mean, and the idea was if we got vaccinated, we wouldn't have to wear the masks. But I, I like this idea of leaving it up to the individual uh, in the school. So if you want your kid to wear a mask, if you want your kid to wear gloves, if you want your kid to wear a bag over their head and that's what you want to do, that's your option. But other children should be able to make choices uh, as well, separately from that. And the same thing with staff uh, and teachers. So that'll be interesting to watch that. And um, they're saying it's not officially able to be linked yet, but there is uh, coincidentally a spike in COVID cases that is now occurring on Martha's Vineyard after Obama's birthday bash. So if you remember uh, what was it a week or two ago? There was going to be this big bash at Mar uh, on uh, Obama's uh, Martha's Vineyard estate, some 700 guests and staff, the, all these tents being set up. And then we heard that it was being scaled back to maybe half the number of people. Still a bash, but maybe not quite as big of a bash. Call it uh, uh, bash light, <laughs> Obama birthday bash light. In any case, uh, they're saying there is a spike of COVID cases on the island too early yet to officially link that spike to what happened, uh, you know, on Obama's estate. But this is where the, you know, people get upset because the liberals want to, you know, force masks. They want all of these, you know, mandates for vaccines. They want to, you know, close restaurants, close gyms, all these things. And then you see, people like Obama having these parties with hundreds of guests. And you just think, you know, why is that? Why is it different for him than it is for anybody else? And this is where I think, you know, people have a good point because, you know, we're just the peasants. We're just the common street folk. And there's a set of rules for us and a different set of rules uh, for the elite. All right. Before we get into uh, the rest of our news tonight, keeping us commercial free internet, paycheckforlife.com. Some new members signed up this week. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you with us. We have five videos over there for you. These are free videos. You don't have to give your email address or a credit card or anything just to see what it's all about. And if you're interested in uh, learning about all, some of the different business models that you can uh, you know, employ to start a part-time business using the internet, uh, we get into that. I, I share with you some of the math of using uh, internet income for retirement or supplemental income. In any case, there are five free videos there for you. No obligation. No one's going to even know you're you're at you're at the website watching these videos. We're not going to, you know, track you with a cookie or do any of that or ask you for a credit card or your email. So check it out. Kick the tire. See if it's for you or not. If you're looking to supplement your income or retire. Uh, with an online business, check it out. It's tonight's sponsor. Grab your five free videos at internet 
internetpaycheckforlife.com. Internetpaycheckforlife.com. This is interesting. Uh, Ashley Babbitt, remember, she's the Air Force veteran that was shot and killed on January 6th while that riot was going on inside the Capitol. And, uh, you know, there's conflicting stories about, you know, what was going on in there and who was doing what. And obviously we've said here anyone uh, that was violent, anyone that was attacking police, anyone that was destroying property, all of those people need to, uh, you know, face the consequences of that uh, to the fullest extent of the law. We've never said anything other than that. However, there's still these unanswered questions about Ashley Babbitt's death. Uh, she was unarmed. She was in the Capitol. And she was shot and killed and uh, by a police officer, security person. We really don't even know yet who pulled the trigger. And uh, it appears that it's all hush-hush. And this story just coming in, uh, the mother of Ashley Babbitt says that Pelosi and Feinstein refuse her calls and won't answer any questions about her daughter's death. And this family deserves to know what happened to their daughter? And so does her husband deserve to know. And, uh, you know, in any other case, if someone is shot and killed by law enforcement, uh, it's, you know, it's uh, full disclosure. What happened? Uh, what justifies the shooting? Was it justified? Uh, all of that. Uh, maybe it was justified. We don't know all the facts and we don't even know who pulled the trigger. Uh, but uh, this is uh, there's a lawsuit going. We've mentioned that before. Uh, but I find this, uh, you know, disturbing that the mother of Ashley Babbitt cannot even get Pelosi to uh, pick up the phone and talk to her. <laughs> uh, you know, just when you think someone's going to go away because they've kind of been caught uh, red handed, uh, it just really confirms uh, the, the sociopathic nature of some people. So we know that uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo has been run out of office. And this is not just by conservatives, but by people in his own party. Basically tarred and feathered this guy, run him out of town. And yet this is what he just had to say. Uh, apparently, uh, in the last day or two, it is being reported that uh, Cuomo indicates that uh, if he said he would have won impeachment if he fought it, and made the state legislature look like a ship of fools, end quote. So this is his, his latest uh, comment. Now, he's still facing potential criminal charges and possible criminal arrest, which, in my view, from what I've seen and heard from the women that have come forward, I'm not sure why he's not arrested. I mean, it appears that there is enough evidence to charge him. Uh, with at least, uh, you know, uh, two or three of these cases seem to be pretty clear cut as far as the allegations go. The man deserves a trial and all of that. But I mean, still, uh, as far as, uh, you know, issuing an arrest warrant and arresting him and charging him, it appears to be, you know, that there's enough evidence there for that. And uh, yet he's out making these kind of comments uh, that if he had stayed and fought. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. It's just these people. You just wonder. uh what is going on in their minds? I mean, I've always thought there was something not right about Andrew Cuomo, especially if you watched his press conferences, whether you're a liberal or conservative, whatever, the way he talked to the media, 
He talked to them like they were kindergartners. It was as much as I hate the media, <laughs> the mainstream media. I, I even felt uh, that he went too far. It, it was it, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, and uh, here we go. He's he's not going away quietly. I guess is the uh, is the headline. Mark Cuban, uh, the billionaire Mark Cuban, says that Dogecoin is the strongest cryptocurrency as a medium of exchange. Now, I, I mentioned this to you, what was it, a couple of months ago that I bought some Dogecoin, but I, I'm not, I only have like, a, I put a few hundred bucks in there. I didn't put a lot in there. Um, it it's, was started as a joke, and I don't really know enough about it to even think, I mean, most people don't consider it a serious cryptocurrency largely because there is no maximum supply like you have with Bitcoin. You have a maximum supply. And that's the case with most of the cryptocurrencies that are considered the mainstream legit, you know, big players. But you keep hearing this, you know, Dogecoin coming back up again. And here's Mark Cuban. Uh, so Dogecoin is up on that news. Uh, we also have Ripple XRP up like 80% in the last seven days. And when our guest comes up here in five minutes, he's the, you know, he, he's got a lot of great uh, information on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So we're going to ask him about Dogecoin, ask him about, uh, of course, Bitcoin, and ask him about Ripple XRP. But that was interesting. Uh, Mark Cuban weighing in, uh, you know, of course, uh, Dogecoin, a big favorite of Elon Musk, which uh, some people thought Elon Musk was just kidding about it, but he's the one that really drove it up. Uh, as high as it's been, uh, I think I got in at 50 cents and right now it's at like 29 cents, but uh, it's been, it's been bouncing back lately. So we'll see if that uh, influences Dogecoin uh, this week. This is interesting. There is a, and I might be doing an article on this. So follow my blog, blog.christianmoney.com. I'm pretty sure I will be doing an article on this for some radio appearances I'll be doing this week. There is a new app that matches travelers with trips that fit their budget and their interests. And the, the app is called Elude, that's spelled E-L-U-D-E. And it's a really cool idea. So how it works is, let's say you want to go on a little trip and you've got 500 bucks. You put into the app, <laughs> I, and this sounds crazy, but I've done this before. I've, I've literally taken like week long trips for a few hundred bucks because I know how to search and find deals and find hotels that are so incredibly cheap because nobody knows about it. Uh, you know, I've also done this internationally as well, flying, you know, to Ecuador and, and other countries. But uh, in any case, this Elude, E-L-U-D-E app, which is new, you put in there like, OK, I've got 500 bucks and I want to take a trip and for X number of days and then it will spit out for you a bunch of different options of what you can do. So if you're somebody like me, I, I travel like that. I use this kayak explore tool where I can basically say, okay, I want to just take a week off. I'll just go to kayak explore and just look at like where I could possibly go for say a $500 flight. And then like where the cheap hotels are. In other words, I many times travel without starting with the destination first. I'll just kind of wildcard it and just see what's out there. And that's sometimes how I travel, which is a lot of fun. So this uh, app, it's called Elude, E-L-U-D-E. There's a big article about it up at CNBC.com. Uh, it's, uh, it's a cool idea where you just put in what your budget is 
and what your time frame is, and it'll give you ideas on, on traveling. Uh, this article I thought was interesting uh, because of the spike in the value of used cars. Why? Because these computer chips that are needed to manufacture new cars, uh, so the, the cars being all computerized, these computer chips, there's a shortage. So there's a shortage of new cars, which means that used cars are worth a lot more money than they typically are. So a piece of advice here is to consider buying out your leased vehicle because it's likely that the buyout cost on your lease uh, is far below what the real value is of your vehicle based on this surge in prices of used cars. Now, of course, check out your own situation. But one option could be if you have a leased vehicle would be to exercise your option to buy it and then take that value, which is going to be probably way beyond what you're able to buy it for, turn around and sell it, private sale it, or use it as a trade-in instead of just letting that uh, vehicle go back to the leasing company. Uh, and then um, th this, two more things here. Uh, another article, and I, I use TikTok. I just started. Um, I'm not doing much with it. But apparently a lot of financial experts are upset about bad financial advice being given out in particular over TikTok. And I looked at some examples of this and there were some pretty egregious examples, but honestly, I'm not really sure that you can link it to TikTok necessarily. So I think on TikTok, you're limited to like one minute. So a lot of people, instead of doing like the moonwalk and other crazy things on TikTok, they're getting on there and saying, I'm a mortgage broker. I'm a real estate guy. I'm a Bitcoin guy. I'm a stock you know, trader. And they're giving like one minute financial tips. Not really sure that we can say that uh, TikTok in particular is a source of bad advice, probably just social media in general. There's a lot of people holding themselves out as experts. And, and the mistake is this. Everybody has a right to go online and say what they want. But as a consumer, you know, somebody listening to this advice, you got to be careful not just to assume that because somebody has, you know, a, a YouTube channel or they've got a, you know, a, a, they're set up on TikTok that they're really an expert. So, you know, always double check that information. And uh, this will be what we'll close it out with here tonight. Question is this. If you get fired for not being vaccinated, do you still get to claim unemployment benefits? Interesting. So we looked into this and uh, we got this question this week and uh, uh, found a number of legal experts weighing in on this. And, and guess what the answer is? You don't get unemployment uh, in most cases. It, it is now legal precedent that a vaccination can be a condition of employment. And by most state law, if you fail to meet that condition, uh, when you are you know able to do it, I mean, I know there are exemptions and all that, but if you refuse to get vaccinated and as a result you're fired, that does not mean that you are laid off and that you get to get unemployment. So uh, kind of uh, interesting uh, to look at that from a legal standpoint. I know a lot of people are kind of in that decision where they're trying to uh, make that decision. Okay, we're going to take a one-minute break and refire the open. We'll be back with our special guest, Edmund McCormick. His website is Dechained. He's an expert on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and uh, super interested to get his insights as to what's going on right now in the crypto markets. Stand by. We'll be back in one minute. <laughs> 